Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it's so good to uh, worship together. And let's go to the Word of God. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 30, uh, verse 15. I want to read uh, a few uh, scriptures from Isaiah uh, chapter 30 and verse 15. Uh, this is what the Bible says. This is Isaiah speaking, uh, and he's speaking to the people of Israel. And he says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. Uh, verse 16, you said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. And then go down to verse 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you at this time in the name of Jesus. And we're so grateful that your spirit is here, that your presence is here. Father, um, we just uh, invite you into uh, the rooms wherever we are watching this service. And we pray that you would come by your spirit, that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that even as we look at this word, that it would not just become more information, but that there, there would be a revelation of your spirit, Lord God, that this word would become a revelation in our hearts. Father, we commit our lives to you. Uh, we bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom to preach your word. Let there be faith uh, in your people to receive this word today, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that you will speak to us. We bind every work of the enemy. And we thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share a thought today on the subject, uh, quiet strength. Uh, in the text that we read, Israel is in deep crisis. Uh, the Syrians are coming in to attack uh, Israel. Um, they had an army that was bigger, stronger than them. Uh, they had horses and chariots. And Israel was feeling overwhelmed. Uh, they felt weak, uh, defenseless, uh, and they were afraid. Now, no doubt Israel put together a task force uh, to discuss how they were going to combat this incoming Assyrian army. Well, after much discussion, uh, the task force decided uh, to get help from Egypt because what they felt they needed uh, were horses. So they thought, well, Egypt will give us the horses and that'll make us stronger in battle. Uh, it was a logical thought. It made a lot of sense. Uh, more horses they had, uh, the stronger they would be, the more likely they were uh, to win the battle. Now, what's interesting in this was that the people of Israel were God's people. Um, th these were the people who had a history in terms of their relationship with God. But instead of going to God, instead of crying out to God, uh, they turned to Egypt. So God speaks to them through the prophet Isaiah, and he says to them this. This is what the God, uh, Lord of Israel says, "'In repentance and rest is your salvation.'" In quietness and trust is your strength. Now, this is a powerful verse that speaks to us about 
how to handle the challenges in our own lives. You know, often when we're going through a difficulty, a challenge, facing an impossible situation, uh, we all have our own version of horses. We start to think, well, if only I had more money, if only I had a better job, if only I was healthier, then, then I would be able to get through this crisis. And, you know, and even as we face um, COVID-19, um, kind of crisis that we're in right now, the danger is that we can start to think, if I had, if I had more horses, um, well, that would solve my problems. If we had more money, uh, more investments, more of whatever it is we think that will get us through this, then we would be okay. Well, I, I believe that the word God gave the people of Israel is a word for us today. And I, I believe the word that God gave them is a word that speaks directly into our own situations today. And th this, is, this is the word of the Lord to you and to me. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Now, what I do when I read the scriptures um, and studying a particular verse, I actually circle some key words. And I, I think that there are four key words in this particular verse that I want to reflect on today. And I, I just pray that God would speak to us uh, through this particular text today. The first thing he says to them is, in repentance and rest is your salvation. Now, the Hebrew word repentance is used in different ways in the Old Testament. Um, it's used uh, to withdraw and to return. So that there are other ways this word is used throughout the Old Testament, and it has these other two meanings. It means to withdraw and to return. God was saying to Israel, you think your salvation is in horses, but actually your salvation is going to come by withdrawing and returning back to me. This COVID-19 season is a difficult season for many people, uh, but there are some good things that are coming out of it. And one of the great things about this season we're in, uh, I think, is we've all had to slow down. Uh, no more running because there's nowhere to go. Uh, people are spending more time at home. People are spending more time with their families, and I think this is a good thing. And from a spiritual perspective, it's giving us an opportunity, I believe, to reset our lives spiritually. It's giving us an opportunity to withdraw, to get alone with God, and to return back to God, and to build our relationship with God. Um, one of the benefits that I see as a pastor uh, for the church, I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a correction happening in the church in this season. You see, for too long, people have relied on, on the church for their spiritual well-being. And so often we think, well, as long as I go to church, then spiritually I'm okay. Now, uh, don't misunderstand me, I, I believe church is important. I'm going to come back to that in just a, a moment. But primarily... Spiritual well-being is not the responsibility of the church. It's the responsibility of the individual. If we're going to grow spiritually, get closer to God, then we need to take individual responsibility for that. We need to seek after God. We need to read our Bibles. We need to pray. The Bible says this. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, while that scripture might apply to all of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, 
ultimately it's an, it's an individual scripture. It's, an indi it's a scripture that's directed to you and, and to me. It's if we will seek him as individuals, and God says, you're going to find me when we seek him with all of our heart. Sometimes church can give us a false sense of security where we say, well, I went to church today and I'm okay spiritually. The primary responsibility for our spiritual well-being rests with us. It rests with the individual. Now, that's true for individuals. That's also true for families. Sometimes as parents, we can think, well, I, I sent my kids to Sunday school. I sent my kids to a Christian school and I don't need to worry about their spiritual well-being. And that's simply not true. The primary responsibility of the spiritual well-being of our children rests with the parents. Notice this scripture here in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6. Listen what, to what God said to the people of Israel. He said, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Uh, in our busy schedules today, we seem to be racing every single day. And so many parents have abdicated their responsibility to bring up their children in the ways of the Lord. And God says, as he's giving the commandments to the people of Israel, he's saying, first make sure these commandments are on your hearts. Then I want you to impress them on your children. And there's a lot of home talk here. It says, talk about them when you, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, you know, when they're going to sleep, speak to them about the commandments. Now, you know, the season that we're going in is an opportunity for us to withdraw and to return back to God. And there's a correction there. Where the spiritual well-being of the individual, the family, is going to go back to where it should be. Should, should be back with the individual and back with the family. Well, some people might say, well, then what do we need to come to church for? If uh, the responsibility for spiritual well-being rests with the individual, with the family, then why do we need to come to church? Maybe we don't need to come anymore. No, uh, church was God's idea. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. But, but here's, here's an important truth. And, and, I, and I pray that this thought is not just going to be more information. It's not just going to be a good thought. But I, I pray this is going to become a revelation in our hearts. When individuals are taking responsibility for their spiritual well-being. In other words, when individuals are praying and, and crying out to God and seeking after, after God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and, and so on. When parents are taking responsibility for the spiritual well-being of their families and their children. Um, when, when the church gathers together it's powerful it's powerful church was always meant to add value to what we were doing as individuals and what we're doing together as a family it was never it was never meant to be a substitute it was never meant to replace what individuals are meant to do for themselves and what families are meant to do uh, for their family if people pray seek God families pray together parents invest in their children spiritually, then, then when, when we gather together, when we gather together as the church, it's powerful. It's a different atmosphere. The presence of God is powerful. God begins to move. God said to the people of Israel, and he said, you don't need more horses. 
What you need to do is return to me. Withdraw, find a quiet place, come back to me, come and spend some time with me and, and that's where you'll find your salvation. You know, I grew up in a home where from time to time, dad would, uh, at night, would bring us all together and we would have to talk about our Sunday school lessons. We'd have to get our Sunday school lessons out and begin to talk about what did we learn in Sunday school today? And my concern as a pastor is that uh, in our busy schedules, we're losing some of those really, really important uh, habits, uh, those, those, those really important practices. And so uh, in, in some ways, I'm, 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 I'm excited about this season because I believe uh, it's, it's, there's a shift happening. There's a shift back to where it should be, back with the individual, back with the families. And then when the church gathers together, it's going to be powerful. Second key word in the text is in repentance and rest is your salvation. Now you can imagine when leaders heard that the Assyrians were coming, they were frantic, uh, trying to work out strategies. How were they going to defeat this particular army? Um, and, and no doubt they were coming up with all these ideas, brainstorming. Um, and God, God says, now listen, listen, listen to God's strategy. God says, no, you just need to slow down and rest. Now, I don't want to minimize the heartache that some people are experiencing in this season. There are some people that are going through a really challenging time and I don't, want to, I don't want to belittle or minimize some of the heartache that people are experiencing. But one of the positive things to come out of this season is we're all slowing down. We have to slow down. We've got nowhere to go. Uh, initially, um, when the virus first started to gain momentum, there was panic. People were buying stuff and stockpiling food, you know, um, the doomsday preppers, they were fine because they were already ready for this. But, you know, everyone was preparing for a lockdown. But it seems that people are generally slowing down. And I think it's a great thing. God says to the people of Israel, salvation is in learning to slow down and rest. Because sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is just rest. See, there's a difference between tiredness and weariness. Uh, if we're physically tired, then a holiday will solve the problem. All we need to do is take a few days off and, and that'll solve the problem. But if we're weary, it's going to need more than just a holiday. Weariness is much deeper. It's deeper than physical tiredness. It's a, it's a tiredness of the soul. It's a tiredness of the mind. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiredness of the emotions. It's where we, we're running and striving and trying to get something, trying to get somewhere. We don't even know where we're going or what we're trying to do, but there, there's this constant striving and we can't seem to get ahead. We're, we're exhausted, we're tired. If that's you today listening to to this, to this message, uh, Jesus gives an invitation to all of us. L listen to what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your mind, you will find rest for your emotions. He's saying, 
Come to me if you're feeling weary. And I'll guide you to a place of rest. Um, If we're honest with ourselves, most of our striving is based on trying to find happiness. It's working hard, um, chasing things, hoping that one day we're going to arrive somewhere, wherever that is, and, and then... And then we're going to be happy. Uh, Jesus says, come to me and I'll bring you to a place where you will experience deep joy. A joy that's based on not what's happening to you. That's what happiness is. It's a a joy that's based on what's happening to us. But God will lead us to a deeper joy, a joy that comes down from within us. God says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. And there's the other scripture, Psalm 23, that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, it's really interesting when we allow Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. When we allow him to be the shepherd of our life, um, suddenly he seems to satisfy those deepest needs that we have in our lives, and suddenly we don't need anything more. Third uh, key word is quietness. In quietness and trust is your strength. Uh, one of the hardest things to do today is to quiet our souls. We're, we're distracted so easily. We're so busy, always on the run. Uh, we're a generation that hates silence. If we're ever experiencing any kind of silence, you know, we, we, we want to do everything we can to, to, uh, to stop that. Now, for some people, busyness is an escape. Um, they don't want to have to face the pain that's in their lives necessarily. And so by keeping themselves busy, they don't have to face some of the pain or some of the issues in their lives. For some people, busyness is, uh, is an escape so they don't have to deal with the emptiness that's in their lives. So they're forever filling themselves up with different things. I love the scripture because God says to Israel, in quietness and trust is your strength. There's a, there's a strength that comes from just being quiet in the presence of God. You see, as we learn to still our spirit in the presence of God, we learn to hear the voice of God. We learn to hear God speak to us. We can hear God uh, encourage us. We can also hear the voice of the Spirit where God begins to, to challenge us about the things in our lives that need to change. We can hear the voice of the Spirit that guides us. And as we still our spirits, in the presence of God, we come to know who God is. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Um, Psalm 131 verse 2 is another great scripture that says, uh, this is David saying, but I have calmed and quieted my soul and I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child I am content. I think in this day and age, we need to, we need to learn the discipline of quieting uh, our spirit and calming our spirit down so that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, what God wants more than anything else is to have a relationship with you and me. God wants to speak to you. He wants to seek, speak to you about your future and your life. And often we think that when God speaks to us, it's a loud voice, it's a booming voice, or it's an angry voice. Uh, The Bible tells us that God's voice is like a gentle whisper. Um, First Kings speaks about 
it's the, it's the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's really interesting because to be able to hear a whisper, um, you, need to, you need to be close to someone and you need to be still. If we're going to hear the whispers of God, we need to learn to quiet our spirits. We need to be close to God. In quietness and trust is your strength. Um, fourth word is the word trust in the text. It says, um, quietness and trust is your strength. And one of the greatest questions that all of us as believers are going to have to answer is, are we going to trust God? Are we going to believe what God says about us? Are we going to believe the promises of God? When God says, I'm with you, I love you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Got great plans in store for you. I will take care of you. Big question for us is, are, are we going to trust the promises of God? Are we going to believe what God says about us? Proverbs says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We looked at that scripture a few weeks ago. What I like is the next verse, which is verse seven. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. The big, the big question for us is, are we going to trust our own wisdom or are we going to trust the wisdom of God? Um, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I like to control things and um, I certainly prefer to lean on my own wisdom rather than trust God many times. And I've talked about, you know, how God has been challenging me in this, in this area, but it's so much easier for all of us to trust ourselves, to our knowledge, our experience, what we can touch and what we can feel and what we can see rather than put our trust in God. Well, that's what Israel did. They trusted horses. They said, you know, if we, if we just had more horses, then, then we would be able to win this particular battle. And God said, the horses are not going to help you. In fact, they're going to make your whole situation worse. Um, and and what, what God was saying to them, just, just learn to trust me. And we need to decide. Are we going to trust our own wisdom or are we going to trust God? Uh, David said this in Psalm 20, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord. What a powerful scripture. In other words, some people, they're going to they're trust their finance. They're going to trust their position. They're going to trust whatever it is that they have around them. But David makes a declaration. But you know what? I'm going to trust in God because he's going to see me through. Great question is, how do you do that really? What, what does that look like really? Uh, Proverbs says, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Um, it doesn't say don't use your understanding. And trusting, in essence, is more about an attitude of the heart. In other words, we, we do the best we can, but our trust is in God. It doesn't mean we do nothing. Um, it still means we get advice, uh, we do the best we can. But deep in our hearts, there's this underlying belief that God is going to see us through, that ultimately our trust is in God. People of Israel are in a, in a difficult situation and they think that what they need is horses. And God speaks to them and says, this, it's just this powerful word, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. 
Uh, you know, this, this verse is actually not just the scripture that I've read, it's become a revelation in my own heart. Because there's been times in my own life where I've been just running, running, running. And it's not running doing bad things necessarily, it's, it's just been running. And I remember one time God, God, God spoke to me very clearly through this verse. He says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Just learn to be quiet before the presence of God. Learn to rest, the importance of rest. Because that's where you're going to find strength. Uh, there's a sad ending to this verse. Because it continues and says, um, but you would have none of it. In other words, you know, you guys are looking to horses. But listen, Listen, this, this is where God is saying, this is, this is where you're going to find strength and salvation, but you would have none of it. Have you ever given someone advice and they haven't taken it or they've rejected it? It breaks your heart. Uh, I'm sure it broke the heart of God as, as he was speaking to them. Uh, he was providing a way out for them, but, but they couldn't see it. So he goes on to say, you said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, at the threat of five you will flee away, till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. In other words, you think the horses are going to save you? They're going to destroy you and you're going to see. And then there's this verse uh, 18, and I'm re reading from the King James Version. It says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Uh, there's a beautiful picture here where God is given some advice. Very clearly, uh, the people of Israel have rejected it. And they've said, well, thank you, God, but we're still going to go to Egypt and we're still going to get some horses. And it's as if God is saying, okay, I'm going to wait for you. Now, when we give advice and it's rejected, we say, I can't wait to see you fail. Can't wait for you to come back to me and say, I should have listened to you. I can't wait to say, I told you so. If only you had listened to what I said, you wouldn't be in the mess that you're in right now. I can't wait to be able to do that. But that's not God. That's not what the verse says. It says, therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. He's not waiting to say, I told you so. He's waiting so that we can come back to him so that he can be gracious towards us. Uh, the NIV says this, it says, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Yet the Lord, He longs to be gracious to you. That's the heart of God for you and for me. So he's not a God that's kind of um, just waiting for us to mess up. So He can tell us. He's a God that longs to be gracious to us. And he's, he's waiting for us to come to Him. People often ask me the question, you know, COVID-19, why is it happening? Is God punishing us? Is it the last days? Um, there's all these conspiracy theories 
you know, going around 5G and so on and so on. I don't know why COVID-19 is happening. What I do know is that whatever the reason, the purpose is the same. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to get closer to God, to draw nearer to God, and to know God more intimately. Uh, Jesus wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he said to them, I know your deeds, your hard work, you've endured hardship, um, but you have forgotten your first love. Church, church in Ephesus was a great church. They were busy, they were doing good things. And God says, you've, you've endured much hardship. But he says, I've got this against you. You've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten the most important thing. Jesus said, consider how far you have fallen. Repent, there's that word again. Is the word again of withdraw and return back to me and do the things you did at first. Do the things you did at first. To the church in Laodicea, he said, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I, be I believe that God is knocking on the door of our hearts. And, he and he's saying, would you, would you let me in? I've got so much I want to say to you. There's so much I would like to share with you. Would you just let me in? And maybe there are people watching and you've drifted away from God and you've become so busy and uh, you've become so, um, so focused on your thinking and you know, your intellect, the way, the way you do things, uh, that you've, you've kind of uh, drifted away from God. Well, what a great opportunity during this season to maybe drift back towards God. Maybe, maybe there are people that have never invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. Why, why, why not do that today? Why not invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life today? I'm sure that there are people listening to this service who are going through a really difficult time at the moment. Maybe you're going through a difficult time with work and business. Maybe there's pressure. Whatever you're going through, the answer is the same. Same as it was for the people of Israel. It was in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. The answer is to be found in the presence of God. So I, I, I want to just encourage you. I want to encourage you uh, not to waste this time uh, that we're all in, the season that we're all in, but to use this as an opportunity to turn back to God, to withdraw, to, to find a quiet place and, and begin to develop our relationship with God. You know, um, as a pastor, um, so often we can get so busy doing church work that we start to neglect our own personal relationship with God. But over the last few years, I've been making it a discipline to spend time with God. The Bible says about Jesus, often he would withdraw. He would, he would withdraw from the cr crowds and find a, find a lonely place, a, a place where he could just speak to God. And I, I want you to know the greatest thing that you can do is develop your relationship with God. Develop an intimate relationship with God. What a great opportunity to do that. And you will find that as you do that, you will find salvation and you will find strength 
to help you get through whatever crisis you might be facing, and in particular, the season that we're all facing right now. Why don't we pray? Father, we just come before you at this time in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for your word because your word is so uh, simple and yet so powerful and so profound. And Father, we know that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and, and so often, Father, we have these thoughts in our, in our, in our minds, these plans about, about how we can get through this or what we can do. And, and for, we've all got our own version of horses, Lord God. But Father, we want you to know that we love you more than anything else, Lord God. We just want to draw nearer to you, draw strength from you, Lord God draw closer to you. And I just pray for those that are listening right now, Lord God, who have drifted from your presence, those who, who may not know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord God. I, I just pray that even this morning, that Father, they would make a decision to invite you to be the Lord and Savior of their lives, Lord God, that they would make a decision to get closer to you, Lord God. You're an amazing God. You're a gracious God who longs to be gracious towards us, who longs to pour out your blessing and favor upon our life upon our lives, Lord God, and we just love you, Lord God, and we want to serve you all the days of our life. Be glorified, we pray. Let the enemy be defeated. Your name be lifted high, I pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.